when we reached the house in earl street mrs bunce received me with more kindness than i had expected to meet at her hands after the trick i had played her a few days before at woolwich but she did not treat me thus without a motive for when once she and old death got me between them they endeavoured to the utmost of their power to persuade me to resume my old avocations i was faithful to my vow and assured them that they might kill me sooner than i would again do anything to risk imprisonment in that horrible newgate it was not the hulk i so much dreaded nor yet transportation because i knew nothing of it but i shrunk from the mere idea of going through the ordeal of newgate a second time old death saw that i was not to be moved at least then and he gave up the point but said he you must do something to get a living you can't starve and we won't maintain you in idleness if you like i'll take you into my service to run on errands look after people that i want to learn anything about and make yourself useful in that way and i'll give you a shilling a day i agreed for i could not starve now of course it is as plain to you as it was even then to me that old death was playing a deep game with me i was the cleverest thief that ever served him and he had received ample ample proofs that he could trust me he knew that he was safe with me i was therefore too useful a person to lose and he thought that by throwing me again amongst my old companions and keeping me on very short allowance the disagreeable impressions of jail would soon wear away and i should relapse into my old habits he was quite mistaken i don't pretend that any particular idea of virtue made a great change in me but i had been in newgate and there i had seen a man going out to be hanged and i thought that if i got into that dreadful jail a second time i should become hardened and that i also should go out some day to be hanged so i resisted all temptation and lived as well as i could on the shilling a day without increasing my means by theft or villainy this mode of life on my part did not suit old death a few weeks passed and when he found that i was resolved not to return to my former ways he stopped my allowance altogether i was now steeped to the very lips in wretchedness and misery but somehow or another i managed to get a crust here and there just to keep body and soul together although i oftener slept in the open air than in a bed mrs bunce showed me a little kindness now and then but quite unknown to old death and to my surprise she did not urge the necessity of my returning to the career of theft for several weeks i saw nothing of mr bones but at last he fished me out in some low place and told me i might return into his service if i liked and that he should pay me according to the use i proved myself to be to him to glean information for him run on errands dog and watch persons or even loiter about in police course to hear what cases came up before the magistrates these were my chief duties and badly enough they were paid but i was now permitted to get my breakfast and tea regularly at the bunces and that was something as for my lodging if i got together a few pence to enable me to hire a bed or a part of a bed in one of those low houses that i have already described to you i was contented for i always had this consolation that i could walk about the streets without being afraid of meeting a bow street runner jacob paused for his tale was told well my boy said tom rain you have gone through much and seen enough to form a good stock of experience 
i commend your resolution never to put yourself within reach of the law again for that's just my determination also you have got money in your pocket now and i will do something more for you before i leave england ah mr rainford exclaimed jacob much affected how i wish that i had met with such a friend as you earlier in life and how i wish too that i could go with you wherever you are going and be your servant your slave well well jacob we will talk of that another time said tom rest assured i will not desert you call at tullock's on monday evening and you will either see me there or find a note from me jacob was overjoyed at the species of promise thus held out to him and as it was now midnight rainford intimated his intention of taking his departure from the public-house where he had passed the evening with the poor lad when they had issued from the door the highwayman bade jacob good-night and they separated pursuing different roads in fact jacob went towards leather lane while tom rainford repaired in the direction of the lodgings which he at present occupied in gray's inn lane he having removed to that locality from his former abode in locks fields note nineteen the discipline of criminal prisons was particularly lax at the time of which jacob smith is supposed to be speaking note twenty this dreadful state of things continued in the new prison clerkenwell up to the year eighteen thirty eight note twenty one the report of the prison inspectors of the home district contains these observations upon the state of newgate the association of prisoners of all ages and every shade of guilt in one indiscriminate mass is a frightful feature in the system which prevails here the first in magnitude and the most pernicious in effect in this prison we find that the young and the old the inexperienced and the practical offender the criminal who is smitten with a conviction of his guilt and the hardened villain whom scarcely any penal discipline can subdue are congregated together with an utter disregard to all moral distinctions the interest of the prisoners or the welfare of the community in such a state of things can it be a matter of wonder that the effects should be such as have been described every other evil is aggravated by this and it would be worse than idle to attempt a remedy for the rest while this demoralizing intermixture of criminals of all ages and degrees of guilt is suffered to frustrate the very ends of prison discipline and to give tenfold violence to all their mischievous inclinations and passions upon which it is incessantly operating and which is the design of justice to discourage and repress apart from higher considerations sound policy demands that such a system should be instantly rectified for so long as it continues society is nursing a moral pestilence in its bosom and maintaining an institution in which are forged those weapons that are destined to be wielded with fatal dexterity against the community itself every device by which the fences of property may be overcome is here framed and divulged to ready agents every fraudulent artifice every successful trick every ingenious mode of overreaching the cautious or of plundering the unguarded is perfected here and communicated to those who had not hitherto been initiated in the mysteries of crime but the most distressing circumstance connected with this system is the cruel indifference with which it regards the condition and necessities of those on whom the extreme penalty of the law is doomed to fall prisoners actually awaiting the execution of the awful sentence of death are placed by the evil influence of companionship in the most unfavourable circumstances for self-reflection 
religion and humanity combine to point out the imperative necessity of providing men brought by the sentence of the law to the verge of eternity with the means of spiritual improvement and consolation but the system of prison discipline in newgate practically defeats every such merciful design no human authority has a right thus to trifle with the eternal interest of a dying criminal against this serious evil the chaplain has repeatedly and loudly protested and it is in evidence that the unhappy victims themselves have earnestly implored the officers to deliver them from a situation in which it was impossible for them to devote the few remaining hours that the law allowed them to reflection and prayer the companions in guilt of these wretched men become further hardened by the influence of this association the indulgence of thoughtless apathy unfeeling mirth or revolting ribaldry are productive of incalculable mischief to the minds of those who are subjected to their influence the prisoner who witnesses with levity or indifference the last moments of a culprit in newgate comes forth a greater villain than when he went in in him the evil principle has done its work and the very exhibition of terror which justice designed for the reclaiming of the survivors by a perversion of moral influence irremediably hardens the heart which it was intended to soften and amend if human ingenuity were tasked to devise means by which the most profligate of men might be rendered abandoned to the last degree of moral infamy nothing more effectual could be invented than the system now actually in operation within the walls of the first metropolitan prison in england note twenty two fact end of section forty one read by celine major